Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 17th. It is 526 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are mixed this morning. Mackenzie, we are going to start off with some good news this morning for a change of pace. NOPA released December crush data on Tuesday. NOPA members processed 195.33 million bushels of soybeans in December, the largest crush for any month on record. The December soybean crush was up 3.3% compared to November and up 10% versus the same month last year. End of month soybean oil stocks in December rose for the second straight month, reaching 1.36 billion pounds, the highest end of month oil supply since September. Stocks increased 12.1% compared to the end of November, but were down 24% versus December of last year. Okay, so the bean oil stocks are still very low historically, even though they've come up a little bit, and the crush print was absolutely fantastic. Uh, crush margins have actually declined in the United States a little bit, but are still historically excellent. So this is a trend that should continue. When you look at the USDA projections when it comes to crush and exports, these are our two big uh, sectors when it comes to demand for soybeans grown in the United States. The projection right now that USDA already has penciled in is that we're going to see record crush this year. Uh, I've got it in, in metric tons on this chart, 62.6 million metric tons, but 2.3 billion bushels of soybeans is what is uh, expected. That's what USDA has projected in regard to crush this year. You can see that exports are way down. Uh, USDA projecting like the lowest export program since the 19. 20 marketing year this crush number that 62.6 or 2.3 billion bushels at this point it's too low usda is going to have to come up a little bit and i don't know if that's going to be 10 million 20 million 30 million 40 million 50 million bushels but if this crush pace continues um usda is going to have to come up and that will help to eat in to that uh larger carryout that was printed on friday to some extent and of course a lot of that depends on what sort of crush numbers we see in the coming months. So for the moment, yeah, the, the big picture trend is that we're crushing more, exporting less. But uh, when it comes to like this year in a vacuum, I think USDA is too low with their crush number. and They're going to have to come up a little bit, which is going to be helpful. I know you look at the soybean market and it's acted poorly. It's not acting as if that's the case, uh, but uh, that is the case. And I think USDA will make that adjustment at some point. U.S. soybean shipments increased last week. Keep in mind, the prior week's export inspection numbers were revised higher for, soy for soybeans, corn, and wheat. So USDA reported that 46 million bushels of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending January 11th. The print was up 22% compared to the previous week, but down 42% versus the same week last year. Corn shipments declined 20% versus the prior week at 34 million bushels. Wheat shipments were reported at 9 million bushels, down 53% compared to the previous week and 28% versus the same week last year. So I guess USDA had like some sort of skeleton crew working during the holiday and they missed they, they missed a bunch of shipments in the prior week report is what happened. Uh, the corn shipment number was good. The soybean shipment number was not good. And the wheat shipment number 
was not good. Uh, we still have logistics problems. This Panama Canal thing is not going away, and we don't talk about it every day because it hasn't changed, but it's absolutely been detrimental to shipments, and it's also been detrimental to just U.S. competitiveness on the export market. I think we'd be selling a lot more corn on the export market if if the Gulf was a viable option, especially to Asia. I think we'd be selling more soybeans on the export market. It's just, it's tough. Like the PNW is a good market, but you've got uh, a limited capacity there, whereas the Gulf is our much uh, uh, bigger outlet when it comes to shipments. And it's just, we're kind of clogged up. The Mississippi River's come back up and, and it's up to normal levels. That's not the problem anymore. But this Panama Canal thing, as it relates to shipments to like Japan, uh, China, anywhere in that neighborhood, uh, is is problematic and remains problematic. And it just doesn't look like there's a fix in sight. So that uh, continues to be our big hurdle here. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. You're not going to find content like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? So USDA uh, wrote us and sung us a sad song on Friday and everything is is very ugly and, and markets are down. Is there any hope? Uh, we did a balance sheet review. We ran some hypothetical scenarios regarding demand in particular. At this point in time, guys, uh, USDA is pretty much settled on the size of last year's crop. So if you're going to get a big uh, shift in the balance sheets, how does it happen? It's going to happen in demand. Um, I went through some specifics and how the numbers could pencil out to give you maybe a more friendly situation. If you want to see the premium stuff, there's a new video every single business day. Uh, this comes along with our morning email, which is jam-packed full of information. Uh, the morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central. It includes the six most recent premium videos. Also includes all of our grain marketing recommendations, everything I've advised for the last two marketing years, uh, broken down by crop, crop year, and percentage, weighted averages, all of that stuff we lean real heavy on cash sales not a ton with options there at all uh, remember guys this is the best way to support what we're doing here if, if you like the podcast and the youtube channel uh, you will love the premium stuff i promise it's a 50 dollars per month subscription you can cancel at any time no other fee no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else uh, give that deal a shot this morning USDA reported a flash sale of corn on Tuesday. U.S. exporters sold 126,700 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery during the current marketing year. This is the second USDA flash sale of corn to Mexico in the past week, totaling 300, 301,700 metric tons. We've been selling and shipping a lot of corn to our neighbors, both to the north and to the south, Canada and Mexico, because uh, the shipments via rail don't have our you're not you're not uh, restricted by Panama Canal issues or anything along those lines. So Mexico has been a very reliable corn buyer. Um, this is kind of run of the mill business, I guess. They're they're doing a little bit more than normal, I think, and I think they account for a larger percentage of the export book than they typically would. But uh, we want to see China in here, and we uh, have not seen them. Brazilian soybean estimates continue to be lowered. Aprazoja Brazil, a Brazilian farmer lobbying group, is forecasting Brazil's soybean crop at 135 million tons. The estimate is based on hot and dry weather, along with heavy rains that are now disrupting harvest. The group's lower crop prediction helped soybean futures firm on Tuesday. Aprazoja's estimate is well below CONAB's projection of 155 million tons, and the U.S. FDA's estimate of 157 million tons. I think it's Apro Soya, our, okay. our, our Brazilian yep. and, and there we uh, go. Our, our Brazilian uh, watchers and listeners are going to be very upset with you. They grow, they grow the soya. Um, in any case, so you've got a farmer group um, with the lowest estimate of anybody out there. And Mackenzie, I don't know this for a fact, but I have been told, I've heard stories of farmers lowballing the crop. I've heard it in the United, mm -hmm. I've heard stories of that in the United States 
and also uh, in Brazil. I'm not naming any names. So this, uh, this, I'm just joking around, guys. Uh, this is a really low number. This is the lowest number out there, 135. Okay, if that's the case, it's not because of uh, present or future weather. The, the situation looks good. They're going to catch rain in Brazil um, the next 10 to 15 days. It looks pretty wet. If if that in, if that number is in fact real, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying 135 is not real. I have no idea. I know where the other estimates are. The other estimates are all on the 150 to 155 range for the most part. But um, if it's real, it's because of the early drought, October, November. It was too dry, and uh, they just couldn't recover from it. And we'll we'll have a chart with that and some of the Argentina stuff here in a second. According to the Rosario Grain Exchange, Argentina's corn and soybean forecasts will likely continue to climb. Ample rainfall has boosted both crops. Currently, the exchange is forecasting the country's corn crop at 59 million tons and its soybean crop at 52 million tons. Argentina's corn crop is slated to be record high this season, and the country's soybean crop is expected to be the highest since 2019. Look at this headline. Argentina set for soy, corn, super harvest. It's a super harvest in Argentina. It's going to be phenomenal. Okay, so here's the chart I mentioned. So in this chart, I took Brazil down to 135, which is is the uh, estimate from the farmer group, the super low ball estimate. I brought Argentina up to 52, which is uh, what is now being projected. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that too much. You're still talking a record crop, even with Brazil down to 135. You got combined Brazil-Argentina production at 187. The prior record harvested in 2021 was uh, 185 and change. So it's it's tough to get this. It's tough to get this thing uh, uh, to not be a record crop the way that it looks now. And this is only one part of the equation when it comes to like global supply and demand. The other part, um, we had a chart about. Chinese soybean crush margins, I think last week or two weeks ago, and they're just not good. So the, the demand from your largest buyer has been um, lacking to some extent. So this is not the only thing that matters, but it's definitely one of the things that matter. Farmer support helped Donald Trump win the Republican nomination in Iowa on Monday. Farmers continue to back Trump despite worries that he could reignite a trade war with China. According to a poll by AgriPulse, 39% of farmers across the nation support Trump. When Trump was in office, he handed out $28 billion to farmers to lessen the impact of his trade dispute with China. Last August, Trump proposed a 10% tariff on all imported goods, a move that could cause retaliation from other nations and harm U.S. exports if Trump were to be if Trump were to be reelected. We don't do politics here, uh, but you should uh, very much consider the uh, idea that Trump may in fact be president a year from now and the um, the the implications that come along with that. So if you get into this tariff situation again, uh, this is the chart that I had earlier. Look at the 2018-2019 uh, marketing year and look at the 2019-2020 marketing year. And look how low the exports were for soybeans the, that year. That was a, a direct result of the uh, tariffs and the trade war with China. Now, China during that time frame was able to avoid U.S. soybeans to a significant degree because they had African swine fever, they had issues of their own. And I think that just the trend of, of selling less soybeans to China is not going anywhere. China doesn't want to buy soybeans from the United States. They would much rather buy soybeans from Brazil. We are we are the residual supplier of soybeans to China. They buy what they can't buy from Brazil uh, from us here in the United States. Now, Trump, uh, yeah, there were a whole bunch of subsidies um, along with that. Um, they had the the trade war payments or whatever you call them. 
So I don't know. There's there's a lot of things, and I know there's a lot of of mixed feelings regarding the uh, White House and the election and all that. I have no hot take on it, but there's there are absolutely grain market implications um, if if Trump is back in the White House um, a year from now. If you guys have if you guys have political hot takes, drop them in the YouTube comments. I won't get mad. Uh, what did cattle do yesterday? Cattle futures strengthened on Tuesday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck sixteen higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of seventy four cents higher. Box beef had a tremendous day yesterday. Choice ended the day at two ninety four ninety nine. That was up three fifty seven. Select ended the day at two seventy nine ninety eight. That was up seven dollars and forty two cents. Outside markets this morning, U.S. dollars flat. Stocks are off. They've been under a little bit of pressure. The S&P's down 18. Dow's down 150. Bonds are uh, mixed. Crude oil is down $1.39 in the February WTI. It's 71 even last trade. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday.